Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Rotoworld Baseball Podcast. I'm DJ Short, and I'm joined here, as always, by Drew Silva. But we also have a special guest this week. You see, we did a live Rotoworld Baseball Draft broadcast way back in March, of course, before the world change, pre-COVID shutdown. It was me, Drew, Scott Pianowski, and Andy Behrens from Yahoo, and eight Rotoworld Premium subscribers. And we actually played out the league, uh, as opposed to previous years. Andrew, you did quite well most of the year, but our winner turned out to be one of our subscribers, Patrick Miner. So we thought it would be fun to get Patrick on the show here. Uh, Just a fun little bonus for him winning this league. Have a little chat. Also pick his brain on how the season played out. Get into some other stuff which could be beneficial for our listeners as we look back at this bizarre season. So uh, Patrick, sorry for the long introduction, but... It's great to have you here, and congratulations, man. Well done. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, it was a real treasure to be on this uh, this whole draft situation. Kind of a weird season, and I'm just happy I won it, and I'm happy that I got the lowest draft grade, so I can rub it in your face a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did He did make note that, um, was it Nate Grimm who did our dra- live draft recap and, and gave out grades? And, and I, I think... Yeah, and Pat said the first pick in the draft was Tatis, who was just a stud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually was looking at the draft grades last night uh, just to kind of reflect on that a little bit. I got an A, which, and I ended up. I think I finished in tenth place. So, uh, and Drew, Drew got an A minus and finished in second. Um, and Patrick, you got you got a C and you finished in first place. And I think before we get into the whole season and how things played out, um, just to start out with here, you know, introduce yourself a little bit, how you got into fantasy baseball, how long you've been a subscriber at Rotoworld. So I've uh, been in fantasy sports altogether since I think I was in like seventh grade, uh, way back in the day of drafting in my friends' basements, football teams, things like that. Uh, been with Rotoworld, God, 50. Long time, always get the draft guides, a lot of good content there, uh, a lot of sleepers. It's, it seems like I always have it open during my drafts, kind of on one of my tabs, and I can go back, and like if I'm in a tight spot where I don't have a pick I love, I'll look at you guys and find somebody you like, and uh, that definitely helps me. Um, but yeah, we've been doing this Dynasty League. I've been doing it for, God, I'm 35. It's got to be about 18 years now. Uh, deep league, minor leaguers, uh, keepers, things like that. So I'm pretty tuned into the fantasy world, especially baseball. It's my favorite for sure. It's it's nice to finally have like a, a cool accent on the show because um, DJ and I feel like are, are pretty bland. 
Um, I, I, I can I can I can see clearly you're a Red Sox fan from the Northeast, I believe New Hampshire. Yeah, I, I live in New had, Hampshire. Yeah. You had to send me your address to uh, get the big trophy, which I really wanted. Oh yeah, the trophy, uh, man. We could we could talk about how the final week went, but so like two weeks out from the final day of the season, um, I I felt like I had a pretty commanding lead, and I had a lot of pickups still. It was a forty limit roster move. 40 move limit in our league. Um, and I still had about 17 of them to go. So I had a good lead in ERA and whip. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to stream pitchers, catch up and strikeouts and wins. And I'm going to put this thing in the bag. Hmm. And so I told my fiance like, Hey, prepare because we might have this real big trophy Make coming room, to our, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our, our little apartment. And it, you, you can't really see around me, but I'm, I'm in like our guest bedroom, which I've made our office and it's just filled the walls are filled with sports memorabilia because she won't let me put any of it in like the living room or, you know, the main room. So I was like, we're, we're putting this trophy like right next to the bar in the living room. And she, by the end, like by the, like the final weekend of the season, she had kind of warmed up to it and she like suddenly wanted the trophy. Um, And so when I failed to win it, I felt really bad. She was like sad that we didn't get this trophy. Um, (laughs) So I hope you enjoy it, Pat. I, I did, and that that actually makes me enjoy it a little more. I crush your dreams a little bit. Uh, I'm joking. No, no my I, believe me, my 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 guys, my my peeps in my fantasy league and stuff, they all knew what was going on. I was giving them weekly updates, saying how I was dom. I dominated like all year, and then you caught me towards the end. And like I honestly, like I don't do. A lot of daily league. I don't do a single daily league. So that was yeah. new. Um, transaction limit, that was new. So, like, I was proud of the fact that I had, like, my team that I drafted pretty yeah. much all year. Yeah, and I then, was going to get into end, that, yeah. At, at the end, I was just like, okay, now I got to get, you know, I got to get down to his level. I got to yeah. go there and get dirty. <laughs> start, start streaming. Yeah. Just get after it. I just, I just picked up everybody I could. I tried to get saves. I, I, I got some saves from some unlikely faces. Uh God, I can't even remember. It was seems like it was so long ago, but um, I just like tied Buttry and uh, you know. Well, I I made the mistake of thinking I had a big enough saves lead that I could drop Ryan Presley to mm. add a add a spot for streaming. Did you pick him up or someone else? Picked I did. Him up? I yeah, yeah, I had Presley. He was terrible uh, for me, but I had him. Um, you know, he, he was actually kind of terrible all year, but he would happen into his saves. They kept Dusty Baker kept running him out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and your your team name was Astros Drum Section, I believe. So yes. you're well well aware of the goings on of the, of the Astros. Oh yeah, uh, love it. But it was I I mean I I made the trade. I traded Shane Bieber Shane Bieber for Juan Soto like the at the end of August or maybe the first of September because I was way behind in home runs and RBIs and that would be a really thing hard thing to come back from. Um, so I got that trade and I felt good about the pitching numbers I had. Again, this is a rotisserie league. Um, so you got to make up some ground in certain categories. Um, but then I had like Reese Hoskins went down like right when he was on oh, a heater. He was on fire too. I know. Um, Bo Bichette came back, but wasn't the same guy. Um, DJ LeMay, who had injuries off and on, it was Tiasca Hernandez just... had, had that oblique. And my offense wasn't very good in general, but the ground that I had made up by the end, like by the final week, it was just sputtering. Um, and I, I think you deserve to win it. I, I kind of went dirty to, to, to win it there at the end. I don't play in many 
daily transaction leagues either. Um, and in a 60 game sprint, especially, it feels like almost playing in a daily fantasy league because for me, at least, my roster was changing every day uh, down the stretch, especially with the double headers that were going on over the final two weeks. Like I was just trying to get hitters that might get eight plate appearances in a given day. Yeah, it seemed like you guys did a good job of maximizing your roster as far as games played, innings pitched, and it, you know that obviously uh, you know adds up in terms of counting stats. And the other thing I noticed about you, Patrick, is that you saved a lot of your roster moves for the end of the season. And that is because you drafted such a, you hit on so many guys in your draft. And we can go into that now. And just looking at your first two picks, you know, for Fernando Tatis Jr., back in March when we did this draft, I think it was maybe the second week of March, Tatis going ninth overall, like, did feel bold. You know, yeah. uh, coming was... off a half of a season where he was admittedly good, but there was also, you know, the strikeout rate was a little high. The batting average on balls in play was almost like 400. He had some injuries. So there were certainly some questions. We all knew what the upside was, but it seemed a little risky at the time. Absolutely. And I like I thought I was going to take story and I was chatting with my buddies and they were like, dude, go for it. You know, because I was like in between the two. And I, I thought story would be like probably a little better, but you know, I was on something that's kind of unique. So I took the guy with the highest upside. Um, my strategy going in was steals and home runs. That's what I thought to myself. I was like, all right, so Tatis, Jose Ramirez, one of my biggest sleepers going into the year was Kyle Tucker. I got him in all my right. leagues. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I, I thought in cool, my, one of my favorite names, cool wit Merrifield. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'll, I'm gonna try to take him. I think every year moving forward, he's just a stud. And, and you also hit on uh, rising pitchers, Denelson Lamette, Max oh, Freed. Yeah. I mean, those are money picks, man. Yeah, Lamette was my guy too. I got him in all my leagues. Um, Freed, I've had I, I had him as a minor leaguer. I mean, way back when the Padres and uh, I know his story very well. You know, he kind of went off the rails a little bit. Um, yeah, I love Freed moving forward. That guy's an ace. He's like a Cliff Lee. I yeah. have always like talked down about Whit Merrifield because I mainly because I think the Royals overrate him and should have traded him a long time ago. But in a season like this, well, what it turned into, I mean, back when we did this live draft, we thought it was going to be a 162 game season. Yeah. But once we found, you know, once it got condensed into 60 games, He's a guy you know is going to be solid. He's going to have a floor of some power and some speed. Right. And he definitely exceeded the, the floor with, with the speed. I mean, he hit his ceiling with the speed, I would say, like 12 stolen bases, I think. Um, and then almost hit double-digit home runs, too. With You always know he's going to hit for a good batting average. He's going to hit high in the lineup. He's going to have a lot of at-bats and a lot of runs scored and some RBIs even on a bad Royals team. I, that was a smart – it turned out to be a smarter pick, I think, maybe over – a 60 game season, but, um, and if, if he winds up on a, a different club, I, I would like him a lot moving forward. The so, steals I knew would be there. I wasn't sure about the power. The power yeah. was a surprise. So that was cool. So uh, a couple other things I noticed with your roster was, yeah, you did have like a really solid roster that managed to stay healthy. And there were some breakthroughs in there too, but you also had some good luck off the waiver wire in the early part of the season uh, you got Mike Ustremski and Travis Darno, isn't that right? Yeah, but, yeah, I call him Baby Yaz. Yeah, and he's you know <laughs> Kyle Ustremski's you know 
my Boston guy, but uh, love Yaz. Um, I was all excited about him this year too. I, you know, I thought that was a no-brainer. Uh, just like how he plays, he's a tough guy. Uh, Darno, yeah, I got him kind of. I drafted uh, Mejia right. from San Diego. I thought he was the next Victor Martinez type. I still, I'm still big on him moving forward, but uh, he's just really young. And catchers take a little bit longer. But mm-hmm. uh, Darno is just like right in the middle of it. He's a good hitter, man, and he's a catcher. Yeah, he's been that, killing you know? it this postseason too, man. He's yeah, he's at another level right now. It's insane. Um, and it looks like you got Alec Baum late, late in the season as well, right? Yeah. And he really came on, and he's looking pretty promising in the long term. So, you know, you really hit on not only like these breakthrough guys on your roster and sort of these well-rounded players, but also your waiver wire pickups were – really savvy and carried you through to the end here so really all around you you killed it uh in this league and you know i was sort of contrasting our teams and sort of going back to uh the way that i drafted and and the way that i handled my my team in general i think was just a reflection of like a 60 game season made it really hard for just to evaluate things as they were happening First off, I drafted Jordan Alvarez and, you know. Love that guy, too. Aaron Aaron Judge, Matt Chapman, David Price. Like, you know, just totally missed on those. Uh, uh, But, you know, Walker Bueller, who I took in the second round, like, you know, missed time with a blister. He didn't really pitch, like, many innings. So I got really nothing out of that. Pete Alonso regressed. Chris Bryant was a bust. Max Muncie didn't hit for average so like all these guys i was kind of counting on to be the centerpieces of my team like just none of them really worked out and in a season where it's only like eight or nine weeks it's like when do you pull the plug on like a chris bryant you know it was just really hard for me to like justify dropping those guys i was kind of like okay i'm gonna wait a couple of weeks and like let's see how it goes and it all kind of snowballed with like alonzo was like the same deal and then once Alonzo like started to turn it on, I was like already out of it, you know. That was a, a thing in in this league and probably every league. You needed a hot start, yeah. like especially a, a roto league. You needed to kind of be not necessarily out front, but in the mix. If you got buried, there's there, there's no time to make make up for, you know, the categories that you're behind in. Right. Exactly. I mean, and and like. In a normal season, like I would have been hollering at you for like Pete Alonso around the deadline because I would have tried to buy low on him. Or, right. you know, some of those guys you talked about, Walker Bueller, you know, I would have been trying to get some of the guys who got off to a hot start. I mean, I don't know. Tatis like totally faded towards the end and kind of wasn't great. Like, uh, I think he would have had a big second half. Like, there was certain things that our both all of our strategies would have changed if we knew that a second half was common. Totally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would have I would have felt a lot better about Bo Bichette coming off that injury if he had a couple months instead of a couple weeks to like find his groove again. I I, lo- I loved Bo Bichette going into the year, and I still love him for next year. Yeah, I got him on my dynasty team. But, I love him too. Th- and there there are players on all of our rosters as I'm looking through it. Like I have Brad Miller still sitting there. Like that's not a guy <laughs> I, w- I would have picked up in a normal year, but in a 60 game season. You know, a two a two weeks of two weeks of production is what a quarter of the year. Yeah, or yeah. just we, about. We saw a lot of players like 
if they had a a stint on the injured list that was going to last more than the minimum, like you just drop those guys, you know, and they just keep moving. You know what I mean? Especially in a league like this one, which was like fairly shallow. You could find some decent players off the waiver wire. So, you know, it wasn't necessarily the end of the world if you had a few injuries. And Drew, you actually dealt with some injuries on your roster because you had Roberto Asuna, Mike, Mike Soroka. Yeah. Uh, so you, you certainly had your, and Reese Hoskins too. So you definitely had your fair share of injuries. Another thing that happened over the final two weeks is I picked up Zach Britton thinking that a Roldis Chapman at some point would have to serve that suspension, Hmm. which that happened on like what, September 3rd, where he got the suspension. Yeah. And then like some, uh, the, the wrong people were in the zoom hearing, uh, for his appeal. Okay. Did we ever did we ever get the full story on that? And then cool. finally, MLB just pushed it into next year. The wrong people, like did someone like crash the call? Or Aaron Aaron <laughs> Boone just said that there weren't the right people in the appeal hearing on Zoom. Huh. So he he thinks they're going to delay it. And then finally, Major League Baseball said uh, we're going to delay the hearing on the three game suspension until next year. So I was thinking like. I picked up Britain in a desperation move after I dropped Presley and realized that I didn't have that great of a lead in saves and probably shouldn't have dropped him in the first place. Um, and it just, it just never happened. Tristan McKenzie was a big pickup for me. Yeah. Tony, that was a good one. Yeah. I, I did. He was, he way exceeded uh, what I thought he could do. Michael Pineda was a nice pickup. Dane Dunning, pretty much all of my pitching staff. Once I traded Shane Bieber for, for Juan Soto were just pickups that, went right but yeah it didn't really go right enough down the stretch and you know hat hats off to you pat and i i hope you enjoy that trophy i guess it's in the mail um it'll probably get there there soon nbc is uh you know a large corporation with enough money to ship a 80 pound trophy <laughs> did you actually to, pick up the trophy me. drew <laughs> what, what did you say did you actually get to touch the trophy when you were in stanford I don't know if I actually touched it, but it was sitting right in front of me as we were recording the the draft. Yeah, it is huge. I mean, it's it's legitimately three to four feet tall, wow. with like a huge glove on the top, a gold glove. I really wanted it. <laughs> Maybe next I think, year. I think if I would have won it, though, the bosses would have said, "Oh, you can come get it sometime <laughs> next though. year." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know next the next time we're going to be traveling up to Stanford, that's, Connecticut. It could be a while. That's a good point. So. I was actually going through and looking at a lot of the roster moves last night just to kind of, you know, give you guys props for, you know, your good roster moves during the season. And I saw one that I did, which I, I mean, I was, I was really kicking myself. So the first week of the season, I picked up Luke Voigt, right? And (laughs) I had Pete Alonso and Max Muncy both, you know, first base eligible. So I think at a certain point, I was probably like, you know, you certainly expected more of Max Muncy coming into the year, eligible at second base and third base as well. So I think at one point I had a roster crunch, dropped Luke Voigt, and obviously we, we saw what happened there. So like even when I had the chance to sort of gain an advantage with like the slow start, you know, I dropped the guy who ended up leading the majors in home runs. So um, I'm full of regret this year, basically. Yeah, that's a rough one, man. No joke. That's a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> he had a huge year. I, I I absolutely despise Luke Voigt. He is one of my least favorite players in the majors with his chest hair. Yeah, I was going to say, a lot of cleavage with that, yeah. with that uniform. Deep cleavage. <laughs> well, we don't want it. You know, he's a, he's a St. Louis native like me, and the Cardinals just had him sitting there. And 
gave him away for Giovanni Gallegos, who's great, and Chasen Shrevey, who's now in the Mets, um, along with Randy Arozarena, who's probably just hitting oh another God. home run as we talk, just yeah. gave him away for a pitching prospect. Yeah, he Matthew Liberatore better be good, man. He better be real good. <laughs> man, my, I have a Drew, one of my best friends is a huge St. Louis guy. Uh, oh, yeah. As well, so it's really funny. He got the he got the his sister works for uh, one of those big investment firms and she got him to throw out the first pitch at Bush Stadium. Oh, really? It's like Stiefel Nicholas or something or Edward Jones. Oh, Edward Jones. Well, I think yeah. it was Jones. Yeah, she, he got to throw out. He he met Jack Flaherty. Uh, it was pretty cool. So that's awesome. So I'm gonna yeah. read. A, I'm gonna do a quick promo real quick and then and then we'll uh, we'll finish up. Um, the all new road world premium subscription packages have the tools and resources you need to dominate your fantasy leagues from drafts through the playoffs. Best of all subscriptions are not just one sport. They include football, baseball, basketball, and hockey. And as a listener of the road world baseball podcast, get $10 off any annual subscription to road world premium to find your edge. Visit rotorworld.com slash edge using the promo code BBPOD10 at checkout. Again, that's rotoworld.com slash edge. And use that promo code BBPOD10 at checkout. So I think a good way to sort of close out the show is just sort of maybe some takeaways from you, Pat, uh, about the season in general. And then I think the big question for us, and and Drew and I have talked about this in, in some of the recent episodes, is like, what do we do with this season in general, as far as evaluating the numbers and looking ahead to drafts next year. All right. Well, so the numbers, um, I I feel like you can almost throw them out. I think it was a really weird year. A lot of double headers, a lot of timing constraint, like a lot of injuries that nagged for a few weeks that turned out to be you know bigger deals. Um, just I mean, just look at my Red Sox. I mean. Mm-hmm. The team just I mean, look at JD Martinez. They took away his video, yep. and now he can't hit. Yep. It's like, is is that what happened with the Astros? I don't know. Like, all their OPSs were down, like, 150 right. points. It was ridiculous. I mean, they're heating up now, but anyways, I don't know if there's a new drum in there or something. But, uh, <laughs> they, uh, you know, I just, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to take much away. You know, like, a guy I was really high on this year that one of my least, my worst picks was Josh Bell. Like, I'm not giving up on him. I think he's going to be a monster. Um uh, there's a few guys that I think that overperformed. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to take much away from the season besides, you know, it's nice to see young guys coming up. A lot of good pitching, a lot of young pitching um, really came out this year, which was nice to see. And, like, I got kind of lucky because, like, like a Denelson Lamette, like if I had him for another couple of weeks, who he might have been done for the year, sure. whereas he was an absolute mm. stud for me all year. Right. Um so it kind of worked out for a few guys and it didn't work out for a few others, but I'm taking it all with a grain of salt. I'm going to move on next year with, you know, kind of a, a different mindset towards things for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's, it's very case by case with players. Right. Um, like the young, you talked about the young guys that, that came up. It's, it was nice to be able to see a little dose of what they can do. Um, but you're right. Like proven players, I would throw JD Martinez in there, even though he's getting a little older, we know what he can do. He's got a track record um, and hopefully video room access comes back uh, next year. And I, I think it will to some degree. Javier Baez is another guy who yeah. relied big time on video. Yeah. Um, How much so, of that was like, was that a direct result of the Astros or was it like some combination of the Astros was, thing and yeah. COVID? 
I think it was a combination. A little yeah. Red Sox in there. Sprinkle a little Red Sox in there too, Alex Cora. Uh, yeah, it was a little <laughs> bit of everything. I mean, um, hey, who are the Red Sox going to hire as as manager? I, I I honestly I hope it's Veritech. I've been hmm, I was hoping it would be wow. him for a few years now. Um, I was, but I, I love Cora. I don't know. I like I said, I hope Veritech. We need somebody that can um, you know get to. We need to start rebuilding our yeah, staff what, what, so bad. Yeah. Like, do you guys even know some of the guys who I, – when you guys just did a roundup on this? I, that was, was me. Doing? That was me, yeah. Yeah, I read that, and I was laughing because that was so true. Like, who are these people? I I don't know, man. It was it was hard. Like, Mike Kickham made a few starts yeah. with the Red Sox. He hadn't that? pitched in the majors since, like, 2015. Like, I don't know, man. They just didn't try. They just didn't try. Yeah. They seem high on Nick Pavetta. It's it must be weird though being a Red Sox fan. Um, are you like a New England sports fan in general, like Patriots, yeah. Bruins? Kind of? Oh god. Yeah. Um, like that. <laughs> so how how are you coping with the idea that the Red Sox are rebuilding, or are you kind of used to it from like your way back in your youth? Well, they yeah they were terrible when I was young. Um, you know, no, I'm not used to it. I don't like it. Um, <laughs> we got some good pieces. I mean, Bogarts. Verdugo, Verdugo had a really good year. Verdugo, I, I mean, Devers is going to be – he's going to be an absolute monster. He'll move to first base, which is fine, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, and he'll just hit 40 home runs, and he's a 300 hitter. He'll be fine. Bogarts will be fine. I, you know, the, the the thing that really irked me the most this season was what, what we traded away Mookie Betts. I mean, we're one of the highest payroll company you know, teams in the, in the whole MLB. You trade away a top-five player. I'm not saying I love the contract he got. I don't think at the end it's going to be worth it. But, I mean, just to have him on your team for the next 10 years would be so nice. He's, like, the best possible player. He yeah. does everything right. He's great with, like, you know, in every situation. Um, he proved to be clutch. So it was frustrating to do that. But I understand they had to get under luxury tax, all that. But, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, hard one for, of the- like, the average fan to, like, feel bad for – you know, rich owners who are having to justify yeah. that, you know, John Henry, who owns, you know, Liverpool, Liverpool or uh, Liverpool. what is it? It's one of those, kind, one of those, you know, it's, he's so, he's a billionaire. Liverpool. Yeah. I don't feel bad for him, you know, right. <laughs> but Hein Bloom, who I think is a really smart guy, but I mean, we're, he, you know, we have the payroll, so yeah. let's, let's spend a little. Yeah. I mean, but. it's certainly, I mean, they have some, you know, decent pieces coming down the pipeline, but pitching not not really so much. It doesn't really feel like a ton is on the way necessarily um, from a starting pitching perspective. So I think that you know really needs to be the focus moving forward. Drew said like maybe they have some hopes for Nick Pavetta, you know, being something, but we've said that for years and that that hasn't worked out. But it does seem like they have some hope for him. But I, I wouldn't trust in Nick Pavetta yeah. as, as guys that have played fantasy baseball for a long time. Well, maybe he's, they he's get a... Chris Sale back next year, but I mean, if he, if he is anything like he's supposed to be, like, does he become like a trade bait yes. situation? Yes, he does. Yeah. I, I honestly see him as like an Andrew Miller type towards the end of this contract. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be a starter, unfortunately. Hmm. Everything that you thought when we were he was younger, well, he, you know, he, he's six foot seven, 120 pounds, wet. You know, like all that stuff is kind of like coming up now as he's in his 30s, unfortunately. Hmm. But wh- what's your team, DJ? I don't know your team. I'm a Mets fan. Uh, okay, <laughs> so 
but I'm actually like feeling pretty happy right now because of the new ownership situation. Um, so I, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure um, on on Cohen to to spend this off season. So you know I'm thinking they're probably going to be pretty aggressive, whether that's JT Romuto or Trevor Bauer or, or whatever the case may be. I think I think he's going to try to some, do some big things this off season. So we're doing this on video, and the Red Sox fan and the Cardinals fan are just nodding and like kind of feeling sorry for DJ as <laughs> he okay. as he. As he copes, my dad. My dad's a diehard Mets fan. Swear to God, wow. He's the biggest baseball fan. Like, you know, that's how I I have this love. We used to get the New York Post and literally draft fantasy teams on on Sunday. They would have every stat from every team, um, and we would just do this when I was you know in fourth grade. Um, so I have a lot of love for the Mets, even though they beat us, you know. Right. That's... <laughs> so it's all good. You know, I have like the double whammy of sports fandom because I'm also a Washington football fan. Uh, <laughs> that's interesting. Yeah. I grew up outside of Washington, D.C. So, uh, you know, I grew up a, a Washington football fan when they were good, like Mark Rippon and Dale Green and all that stuff. So, but I, I actually feel like better about them too, especially if Daniel Snyder is like forced to sell the team. So like maybe in the space of one year, like the ownership could change with both yeah. of those teams, which a year ago would have been unthinkable to me. So like I'm feeling like pretty optimistic in general right you're, now. You're gonna get Steve Cohen and Jeff Bezos as, it, as it your could be. team owners. Yeah, that's not bad. It could be yeah. a lot of money. Um, so <laughs> I was thinking about JD Martinez. At, you know, we're talking about like the video stuff, but like. Also, and I've noticed it a lot with like the playoffs and stuff where there, there's situations where like normally the intensity would be like through the roof with, with fans, with a home field advantage or whatever the case might be. Like I, I, we can't put ourselves in the position of players, but like it's got to be weird and like take some of the adrenaline out of it to not have the fans in the stands. And like that's something we can't like possibly quantify, but like that's got to have an impact on players too. Absolutely. These Absolutely. games seem pretty intense, though. Maybe because they can all hear each other. Yeah. Um, I, I've enjoyed watching playoff baseball this year. E, you know, even when when the Cardinals got bounced, I, I think it's been great. Um, the crowd noise on FS1 bothers me. For yeah, it's reason. distracting. It totally it's, is distracting. It's not that it's loud. It's that it's, like, pitchy. It's, like, high frequency. I don't know what they're doing. Um, TBS, I think is awesome. Having Ernie Johnson on the desk, those, that post game is pretty good. And I don't really like many MLB post game shows, but they do a great job. Yeah. I don't know. I've enjoyed it. I've what do you guys it. think of the expanded postseason? Love it. Really? Yeah. I love, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, for, I'm I mean, sorry for... the Cardinals lost, but it, <laughs> it, 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 they were up like seven to two in the sixth in game two, hey, weren't they? All right. Out of, out of you two, at least my team made it. Uh, <laughs> True. All right, I love it for this year, but how, would you like it for next year and like years going forward? Mm. You want more than half the league in the playoffs? Here's what I'll say: uh, if it, you know, we could do be creative, maybe get some more teams in the mix. But the the division series has to be seven games. That way, if there is a fluky team who might get through the wild card round they'd be knocked out in the course of a seven-game series if, like, they don't have a deep pitching staff or, or whatever. Yeah. It's just more likely to, you know, get those lesser teams out of the mix. And, yeah, winning the division should count for something. You should get yeah. some kind of advantage in October. Right. Um, and and the, the three-game wild-card series kind of bothered me. I, 
if if it had been a seven game wild card series, the Cardinals would have got smoked. I mean, that was not a good team. Yeah. Um, so I'm not like I'm not bragging about that team. I I, I like that they got bounced. I kind of wish that they didn't make the playoffs at all, so that ownership and the GM would have to kind of answer questions to all right, why is this the offense you keep putting out there? Why you lost Marcelo Zuna and you didn't add? You know, he was your best hitter for the last two years. You didn't add anything. Oh, all right, we need to stop this before I get going. <laughs> you sound just like my buddy, man. It's so funny. Uh, uh, give him a chance, Matheny is what he called Mike Matheny, and he hated Matheny. But uh, don't get me started. You guys on seem Matheny. to have a, a stable of just like outfielders who are toolsy, who can you know yeah. kind of do everything good, but can't do anything great. And <laughs> well, we I, trade it, the great ones. We trade yeah. Randy or Rosarena. <laughs> How about Gurchick had a big year too? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's a he's kind of the same guy he was though, like super yeah. super streaky. So um, let me answer that question with the playoffs. I mean, if if they played 162, it wouldn't work with these no. uh, this many games. So yeah. yeah, I don't think it works moving forward. Probably best. I mean, I like some of the rules. I like the universal DH. Totally. Um, I like the guy in second base in regular season games and for extra uh, innings. No. Uh, too much of a I, you know classic. I'd be cool I'm with a, that a, not being a thing. I don't know. It, it's, I kind of like nice. the double headers though, the seven inning double headers. I'm, I'm kind of into too. that. That's a good baseball watching experience, man. Watching two seven inning games is a blast. Yeah, I'm into that. You're actually right. Yep. And it makes it but go. I, it makes it go a lot faster too. It it just kind of picks up the. I mean, it's shorter, but it also picks up the pace. Like it feels like it gets late early. You know what I mean? And it, and I kind of like that. It would totally well, mess. It would mess with the record books to do it long term. Yeah. But any, anyway, Pat, we've kept you long enough. It, you did a great job, man. If, if you need a, uh, any work, you know, <laughs> we could use another. On. I'm here. Yeah. All right. I love it. I love fantasy baseball. I love fantasy sports. It's been a passion of mine since I can remember. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to I'd love to talk to you guys further. Cool, and man. I want to come back next year. I mean, you got to have me back. Yeah, right? I was going to say you're the defending champion, so I think I, we got to do that, right? I think you deserve a spot. I'll, we'll talk to the boss and, and make sure you get a spot. Yeah, yeah get it done. Awesome. Well, thanks, just, thanks Pat, yep. man. This was a really good time. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely keep in touch, and, and we'll try to – We'll try to get this together uh, next spring, and maybe we could even do like a post-draft like breakdown with you or something. Sounds good. Awesome. Let me just shout out to my friends and my family, Boozebag Sports. Let's go. All right. If you <laughs> like what you're hearing with this show, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review if you don't mind. We'd really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short, and Drew is at Drew Silv. Be safe out there, and we'll see you next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.